Has Michigan finally found their groove as they destroyed Notre Dame? Do the Wolverines still have something to play for? And does this win bring them closer to competing with the Buckeyes? I'm Adam Amble, and this is The M Factor Live. first live episode of the m factor and for those of you catching this on soundcloud apple podcast or google Go play welcome back for episode nine it was a great weekend for michigan football we will go over the absolute domination of notre dame and what it really means for the rest of the season plus does this give us any more confidence for that season finale against you know who we will also go over other big 10 action preview the maryland game and of course this week's rival annoyance but first Thanks again for tuning in to the M Factor on Facebook Live. Be sure to comment and share your thoughts throughout the episode. We are live so we can hopefully strike up some debates and get your opinions of Michigan Nation, so don't be bashful. If you are catching this episode via podcast, be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or SoundCloud and subscribe to the M Factor. Make sure to leave us a good review and, as always, a five-star rating to help skyrocket the M Factor in the rankings so us Wolverine fans can take over the college football podcast world. Thanks again, everyone, for listening and watching. I really appreciate it. So let's keep season two rocking. Again, thanks for the support. And if you are or you did miss the M Factor Live podcast, that will be every Wednesday, 9 p.m. right here on Facebook. Just uh, search Adam Amble. If you are not a friend of mine, search Adam Amble. Uh, re- friend request me, whatever. There will be an M Factor page or fan page that we're going to start doing these these shows on so that will hopefully be here in the upcoming weeks so make sure to head on over to that and we really appreciate it so let's hop right into the episode here what an absolutely dominating performance by the Mason blue really picking up right where they left off in the second half against penn state they got the win in the monsoon 45 to 14 and it wasn't even that close as nd never really uh, never was really in the game from the start. The Michigan defense just stifled them all game long. And and the, and the the run game for the offense looked exactly like what we were expecting at the start of the season, right? The offensive line gave us a, a highlight reel, and thank goodness, considering the weather, the girlfriend and I stayed in, lit a fire, and watched the game from the friendly confines of the M-Factor studio. And it was just amazing, a great night. I do have to give credit to the fans that weathered the storm because it was it was rocking at the big house. It sure did look like it on TV and uh, when, when the team needed it the most and more on that later. But let's get into some of the team stats and box scores really quick. Again, it was Michigan 45-14 over Notre Dame. First downs 23-12. to uh, Absolute domination. Third down efficiency, rather close. 4 of 13 for Michigan, 3 of 15 for the Fighting Irish. Total yards, here's where it was just incredible. 437 for the Wolverines, 180 for Notre Dame. Again, defensive domination and offensive domination. Not really in the passing game, 134 yards to 133 for Notre Dame, uh, but Michigan only had to throw 14 times, only 14 attempts, completing eight of them. Notre Dame had to throw 29 times, 11 of 29. Not a great game for them, but in the rushing statistics, 303 to 47 insane insane just absolute domination it was incredible to see and like i mentioned especially in the rain it's the running game showed up exactly when it needed to you knew it was gonna be a sloppy game and this was this just goes to show you maybe that run game maybe gaddis has finally got the offense really 
kind of clicking. The offensive line looked like they were comfortable running a lot of those trap plays. It was good to see. They ran the ball 57 times to Notre Dame 31, but average 5.3 yards a carry. Notre Dame only 1.5. Penalties, not bad for the Wolverines. Four of 50, or four or four, 50 yards, but you know, a couple questionable calls. Again, again, the, the Big Ten really needs to do something about this. I'm, I'm really disappointed about it. And uh, turnovers, again, another solid game. They win the turnover battle two, or zero for the Wolverines and two for the Fighting Irish. Time of possession, another dominating factor in the game. 34 minutes, 37 seconds for Michigan. 25 minutes, 23 seconds for Notre Dame. So almost almost 10 minutes more of game possession, which is really huge, especially against Notre Dame. They were, you know, let's not forget this is a top 10 team, folks. So uh, I, I heard from a lot of people get into the rival annoyance a little later, but uh, really annoying how people thought that uh, this was, you know, of course Michigan should have won this game. I don't know. I don't know about that. Let's get into some of the individual statistics. Shea Patterson with a very solid game. Didn't lose the football, didn't throw an interception, didn't uh, didn't lose a fumble. He was uh, 6 of 12 for 100 yards, so not a great game passing, but it was definitely his his uh, setting up the run and a lot of more of the uh, reading that read option a lot better uh, than he has been in the past or basically all season. And that really set up the run up the middle for, of course, the Awesome running back play of Hassan Haskins. Uh, what a surprise. He's been a pleasant surprise. 20 carries, 149 yards. And he also had, broke that one for uh, almost 50 yards, 49 yards. All day Charbonnet with 15 carries for 74. True Wilson gets in there. Six carries, 45 yards. Christian Turner gets in there. Four carries, 31 yards. Uh, three of those three of those uh, four guys all averaged over seven yards a carry. So unbelievable. All day Charbonnet with two tutties. True Wilson had a tutty. And Shea Patterson, like I mentioned, uh, the stats show only 11 carries for two yards, but let's not forget sacks uh, count against that as well. Uh, The leading rusher for the Irish was Javar Smith at 15 yards and Tony Jones Jr. at 14 yards. Michigan receiving, you know, not uh, when when you don't pass a lot, obviously you're not going to have a lot of this. So Santa still had 73 yards, three receptions. DPJ with two receptions, 28 yards. And our boy Ronnie Bell, he got a, he at least got a reception in there for nine yards. So good job, Ronnie. Glad uh, uh, glad you could get on the stat sheet. Good work. Uh, let's go to the Michigan defense, which was just dominating all game long. Cameron McGrone, another one of that those young guys that are just really stepping up. He had 12 tackles. Uh, the sacks for the Wolverines, Luje Villiant with a sack and Quiddy Pay with a sack to round out the two sacks that the Wolverines had. No interceptions for the Wolverines. Kick returns. Giles Jackson had a nice return, actually, a 23-yarder there, but he only had to return it twice because uh, Notre Dame hardly scored, right, which is awesome. DPJ had four punt returns for 24 yards. Jake Moody with one field goal. He had a 21-yarder, and Will Hart actually had six punts for uh, not bad, a 57-yarder he had. All in all, just sheer domination, except for the passing game, but again, uh, no big deal there. So, Let's go over some some quick game thoughts. And you know, as I look at it, first off, let's give the credit where credit is due. And that is the offensive line making Notre Dame look silly all game long. This is the blocking, explosiveness, and passion that we really that we really thought we were going to see all year from this. Don't forget it was the offensive line that was supposed to be our strong point. And up until what, the the second half of the of the Penn State game, we really hadn't seen it. And then against Notre Dame, it just looked uh, – Notre Dame just looked outmatched all game in the trenches, and the stats showed it, right, in terms of the the rushing yards. 
Second, I would like to I would like to give credit again to the enthusiasm of Harbaugh. It appears to be back, folks. It appears that Harbaugh finally uh, just that enthusiasm, the passion, the intensity. It's back. I have no idea where it, where it went at the the ending of last season and up until basically the second half of the Penn State game, right? But he has to be that guy, that coach, in order to reach these guys and really uh, relate to them on a, on a personal level. It goes from the top down, right? To be honest, it did look like he was you know, kind of closing up shop at Michigan and getting ready to head back to the NFL, as rumors would have suggested. But now he seems to be back and really having some fun out there. I mean, did you guys see him get in the official's face after that, that bogus pass interference call, which, again, some very questionable calls that could have really changed the game. Like I mentioned last week, these these calls don't lose us the game, but they definitely, when they when they show up in these critical situations, they definitely change the game. Uh, they change your schemes. They change the momentum, all of that stuff. The, the Big Ten really has to figure this out or else it's going to be a problem. And as I mentioned before, it's not just a Michigan thing. This is not just a U of M thing. This is happening all across the Big Ten, really all across the NCAA, but it seems to be very, very bad in the Big Ten and you see it in the NFL, you see it in college, and it's going to cost it's going to cost a team some very big games and it's going or a big game and you just hate to see that. You hate to see the refing aspect. I know they're part of the game. I know you want the human aspect to be part of the game, but that's just not the way that you really want to you really want to win or lose a game, right? You'd really like to go out there and say, "Hey, we outplayed this squad." We deserve the win instead of like Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers against Detroit Lions, right? When they all, when they were asked the question, eh, you know, we really, yeah, I mean, hey, we've, we've came across some questionable calls too and it costed us. You don't want that. So Big Ten, figure it out. Let's go. Third is the turnover battle. Michigan with zero turnovers in some of the, in, in what I call the worst conditions in football, and basically the worst, con the worst kind of conditions to turn the ball over in, right? Ball is slippery, wet field. You're slipping all over the place. You can't grip the ball. And it's, it's taking weird bounces when you do fumble it. They held on to the ball for all of those 57 rush attempts, pretty much, except for uh, a couple let goes by Shea Patterson. And then no INTs. I mean, only 14 attempts, but that just shows the, the domination of the offensive line all game. Michigan has the talent and staff to not lose a game and shouldn't have lost the game if they don't turn the ball over. It's hurt them every game this season, including the games that they won and the games that they should have blown out squads. They were always playing from behind because they turned the ball over early. And that is just something you can't do in the Big Ten, in Division One. We've seen it all season long from the Wolverines. And look what we see when they don't turn the ball over. Boom, a big win, a, a crushing win against a top 10 squad. Do not forget Notre Dame is a top 10 squad. and I, I think a lot of people seem to forget that, and we'll get into that a little later in the rival annoyance section. But let's move on to some of the end factors. And to be honest with you, it's a split. It's a split between the Michigan offensive line and the, the Michigan offensive line and the entire Michigan defense. Entire Michigan defense stepped up. The defensive back, the linebackers, the guys down in the trenches. Amazing game by them and what they knew was going to be a dogfight, right? Uh, Notre Dame's offense is no slouch. And Michigan's offensive line, their defense was uh, Notre Dame's defense was what they were known for, right? Especially against the run, Michigan ran all over them all night long in the in the elements. Great job, 
The second M factor straight up goes to the Michigan crowd. On a dismal rainy Saturday night, the crowd showed up in full force. And I was told by people that were at the game that the energy was just amazing. The, the intensity was there. And it was one of the loudest games at the big house that a lot of people can remember. Great job, Michigan fans. Even when some say that there is, uh, even when some say there's nothing to play for uh, the rest of the season, that stadium was still packed and everyone looked like they were having a great time in the monsoon. You know, a lot of people had the, the, the ponchos on and it really looked, it, it honestly looked like a, a good time. I mean, I was glad to, to stay in and watch it on the old, the old tube, but at the same time, it looked like the fans were having a great time. So well done, Michigan fans. Way to show up. Uh, take take note on that, Sparty. Now let's let's kind of move on to this. Let's shift to the second uh, topic of of the evening, and that's that's the, the the Wisconsin loss all but sealed out our college football fate or, or our college football playoff fate, right? Followed by that Penn State heartbreaker, for, forcing us to wave bye-bye to even a share of the Big Ten championship, really. Now, this caused a lot of people around Michigan Nation to either give up on the season or just lose enthusiasm for the rest of the season because it seems based on preseason expectations, there's that word again, right, folks? The, the, based on preseason expectations, the season is a bust. Well, uh, begs the question, what does Michigan have to play for? We mentioned it earlier. Will Will I be the first to admit I was – not sure how the Wolverines would really respond after that Penn State uh, heartbreak lo- heartbreaking loss. And boy, did they make a statement that they certainly are not quitting on the season. Let's go over a few reasons we should not give up on the season. First and foremost, we still have the opportunity with that win for a season sweep of our top three rivals, right? Uh, Notre Dame, Michigan State, sadly, and then Ohio State. We had Two options at the beginning of the season. There are two options or two expectations, especially in my mind. One was either win the Big Ten title or beat Ohio State. And one of those is still possible, right? Beat Notre Dame, embarrass MSU, and pull out a major upset against Ohio State. And all that negative buzz leaves Ann Arbor. All of that is gone. Uh, ruin OSU season and block them from the playoffs. Let's face it. They seem to be on a, on a crash course for the, fo- the college football playoffs, right? It does not look like anyone in the country, including maybe Alabama, can beat Ohio State. I, it pains me to say that, but it just that's what it's looking like. They're playing very, very well. We'll get into a little bit of that later, but to go in and beat our top three rivals, especially Harbaugh, he needs this, right? One, he needs to beat Michigan State at home because he hasn't done that yet. He's 0-2 against Michigan State at the big house, and and uh, he, he really needs that win. And then, of course, 0-4 against Ohio State, right? And we thought this was going to be the year. Well, Ohio State looks like they might have perhaps the best team that they fielded throughout the history of Ohio State. Um, Again, we won't know until the game is played, but I'm beginning to like our chances more and more as the season goes on and as we continue to play with the intensity that we did against Penn State in the second half and, of course, this Notre Dame game. Uh, another reason to sweep the right Harbaugh gets that first elusive win against Ohio State, silencing a lot of the critics. He really needs to do this. Like we said at the beginning of the season, this is the most, if this is the second most important thing, and he can't accomplish the the first most important thing unless he does this, and that's beat Ohio State. And then, uh, you know, originally the, 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 the most important thing was going to the Big Ten championship game, but that's not going to happen. Let's focus on that last one, though, folks. Let's focus on the one that's still possible because – as I mentioned, as they play a little better, as I continue to watch them 
uh, improve and show us the offense and the athletes and the speed and the defense that we were promised and expected at the beginning of the season with the changes they made and the athletes that they returned and their recruiting class. Let's not, let's, let's make sure that, uh, that we keep that in the back of our minds and say, we're still playing for the pride against our rivals. Second biggest reason is a big, a 10 win season. 10 win season is nothing to shrug off folks. I know we play a few more games than uh, we did back in, in Bo's days and stuff, but Double digit wins. That'll be Harbaugh's fourth double digit. Or this could be Harbaugh's fourth double digit win in five years. I mean, we could have 11 wins. We win a good bowl game. So let's, let's not shrug that off. A 10 win season is very impressive. I mean, Lloyd, Lloyd hardly had 10 win seasons. I mean, we were happy with Lloyd with what nine and three. Sometimes he would go eight and four, but again, Lloyd did beat Ohio state. So that, that really, that really helped. Oh, excuse me. Third reason is, they have an opportunity to finish in the top 10 at the end of the season. And I know, again, this is, you know, so what about the rankings, but I, I really do think this is important to football players and it really rides that momentum going into the, in the last season. And only this would only be the second time in the Harbaugh era, Harbaugh era uh, that, uh, that he would finish and finish the season in the top 10. It just gives a little bit of a legitimacy to the season. And plus, that helps recruiting for the next year, right? You see those top 10 squads. Michigan doesn't seem to need a lot of help recruiting. They really just need to get the the athletes that that uh, Gaddis and Harbaugh really want for for the 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 athletic offense that they were supposed to have, right? Uh, that we're that we're starting to see. But it's going to help in recruiting. Get some more of those five stars up here. Let's face it, a lot of these kids don't want to play up north. It's very hard to recruit up here up north. Uh, Michigan's right there with Ohio State every season now in recruiting. Let's get these kids to play. Let's go. Let's let's get it going. It's it, it's now or never uh, for this Ohio State squad. And like I mentioned, I think we have a legit chance this year as we continue. You were asking me a couple weeks ago. Heck no, not even close. It was going to be a blowout. So let's go. Uh, fourth and <clears throat> uh, fourth and probably second most importantly be, behind a, a season sweep of rivals is. Finish on an upward trend going into the 2020 season. Last year's ending was embarrassing, looked bad against Indiana, and then uh, we didn't look that great against Rutgers even before Indiana. Indiana exposed a lot of our weaknesses on defense and then just getting destroyed by Ohio State and Florida in the bowl game. That really, it seemed like that really kind of carried on or carried uh, carried over to this season despite the high expectations, despite the great preseason ranking despite the the expectation of winning the Big Ten and being the favorite to win the Big Ten East, all of those negative vibes seem to linger with players nowadays. And especially and going into next season with huge wins, if we were to do so against Ohio State and more than likely a big bowl opponent opponent, right? will certainly carry over that positive vibe and not that negative vibe that we experienced last year. Let's not forget we'll get a big Dylan McCaffrey. A lot of you uh a lot of you pro Dylan McCaffrey guys will be happy. Uh, he'll be likely at the the helm starting next season. So nothing but positive vibes heading heading into next year. But it all depends on that MSU and Ohio State game. Win those, and this season is uh, a success now in my mind. Of course, that's not the expectations at the beginning of the season, but it was one of them, right? Beat Ohio State or go to the Big Ten Championship or both. We would, of course, prefer both, but... That's not on the card, or that's not in the cards now. So let's go rock against 
let's go rock against Ohio State and MSU and let's let's take them down, finish the season strong. And let's uh, speaking of uh, Michigan State and Ohio State, let's get into some other action from the past weekend in the Big Ten. Um, <clears throat> Ohio State ended up blowing out Wisconsin 38 to seven, but uh, the game was close midway through the the third quarter. So not a not a terrible game. The weather was just awful all over the Midwest. So just rain everywhere up in East Lansing, down in Columbus, Ann Arbor. Just terrible weather all over the place. So uh, MSU unable to help us out, of course, losing to Penn State in front of dozens of fans at Spartan Stadium. They lost 28-7 to to the Nittany Lions. Minnesota continues their great run. What a surprise. Great job, P.J. Fleck. Sure glad we don't have to play him this year because they're going to uh, – they got that big one against Penn State coming up, I believe, next weekend. But they uh, continue rolling as they destroy Maryland 52-10. to Iowa over Northwestern 20 to nothing. Illinois over Purdue 24 to 6. Rutgers High School gets that impressive non-conference win over Liberty 44 to 34. Good job Rutgers. We're we're always pulling for you. And Indiana continues to win the games that they should. This is very important. I, we play Indiana at Indiana. It's going to be a tough game, folks. They take down Nebraska 38 to 31. I I I'm nervous for that game every year, especially when it's at Indiana. I think at Indiana they've taken us to overtime what? Uh the the last two times, the last two times at Indiana, we've gone into overtime and they always seem to one play us really tough or two expose our offense. Well, there's nothing really exposed this year because we haven't really shown anything uh except for this Notre Dame game which we didn't really show anything special, right? It was just straight up a lot of trap plays, some great trap plays finally. Shea Patterson finally making the good reads as he continued that from the second half of Penn State. And then and then just the hard running of our, our running backs. Uh, uh, like it was it was great to see uh, the, um, um, Haskins do his thing. And then all day Charbonnet, both of those guys, Haskins, a redshirt freshman, Charbonnet, a true freshman. The future's looking good for that running back position as long as that offensive line continues to play as it did. Uh, Big Ten national rankings. We got Iowa at the – Tail end of it at 19, Wisconsin drops all the way to 18. And it's crazy now to think that Michigan's ranked uh, ahead of them after uh, Wisconsin just falling off uh, drastically. Minnesota holding a commanding lead now over in the Big Ten West. And Michigan, of course, uh, moves up to 14. Minnesota at 13. Penn State at 5. So they're just creeping right outside of that college football playoff, and rightfully so. Ohio State at number 3. And speaking of Ohio State, Let's let's talk about that Ohio State game real quick, folks. With uh, the way we've been playing the last really six quarters of football, does that uh, in your guys' mind? Uh, and feel free to uh, answer in those of you watching on Facebook. Again, thanks for joining the first M Factor Live. Uh, great to see some of you guys uh, tuning in. Uh, miss you guys, and uh, but thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, any suggestions? Any anti opinions or opposite opinions that I have? Please let me know. I really like to interact with you guys. I'm trying to trying to focus on on the information as well as uh, what you guys are writing. So uh, keep keep up the conversation, guys. Really appreciate it. But uh, let's get back into this. Uh, we we need to ask ourselves a few questions when it comes to the Buckeyes. Uh, I'll be the first to admit, and I'm sure I was not alone. Uh, before Penn State, we had absolutely no chance of even making that Ohio State game uh, uh, even close to a game, even close to covering the spread. It was probably going to be in the 20s, the spread, I guarantee it, even at Ann Arbor. But 
at this point in time, it's looking better to me. No, we're still not there. I'm not making the claim that I'm already calling it that Michigan, uh, Michigan takes down Ohio State, but crazier things have happened. I'm just saying. Uh, again, I'm not calling for the win, but I will say that if they if they do continue to play at the the level they are at right now, they're easily a top ten team, and at least they can make it a game, right? Uh, let me know your guys' thoughts on that. Second, uh, like I mentioned earlier, play the spoiler, just like in the '90s against Coop. Remember Cooper uh, for Ohio State? He would come into that game ranked one or two in the country, undefeated, maybe one loss at the most, and then Michigan uh, often would have what two, three losses at some time at uh, uh, some of those games and boom, just pull off major upsets. Who can forget the, the Bianca Batuka uh, 97? Of course we were ranked a little higher, but who can forget some of those games? Uh, just fantastic games and boy, did it taste good. These rivalries uh, tend to go, you know, one way for a decade and then the other way for a decade. That's what makes a lot of rivalries. Very rarely do you actually see uh, a rivalry that is totally like back and forth, right? Uh, from year to year it's it's very hard um, it's it's very hard to pull something like that out Michigan Ohio State is a prime example uh, even Alabama Auburn you know Alabama kind of owns it for a while Auburn has owned it for a while and these things uh, you know when it comes to a rivalry we we have to expect this uh, I wish we could have you know it's been kind of two decades now that Ohio State has pretty much owned it but uh, let's not hang our heads. This is the type of uh, season, you know, who can forget two years ago and we weren't, you know, we shouldn't even have been close, but we came down right to the wire and poor quarterback play really cost us that game. So uh, we're, we're not out of it. And uh, just, just play the spoiler. That should be your motivation uh, from here on out, especially going into that game against Ohio state. They have played very well against Ohio state when the big 10 title has not been on the line as I just mentioned. So uh, the, the speed, uh, let's move on to another uh, another factor. The, the the speed was starting to look a little more closer to the athletes that Ohio State has, and that is what we expected at the start of the season, right? Again, I keep going back to that as our expectations at the start of the season. Were they wrong? I don't think so. We were recruiting five-star. We know these guys can run fast. We know these guys are quick in space uh, because we've seen the, the highlight reels. That's why we went after them. And that's why we went after them as recruits, right? Uh, the, the, our, our recruiting uh, guys and scouts are not dummies. Neither is Harbaugh. Neither are the people that he appoints. The, the thing is we have to get the most out of them and work to their, their skill set. Uh, that's something that I feel we have not done the, the first half of the season. And we're starting to get back to that, uh, especially the offensive lineman. Like I mentioned, this first time in a while that I've actually seen some trap plays uh, coming out of that that uh, rather athletic offensive line, right? That's supposed to be our bread and butter. Uh, we finally got to see that a little bit against Notre Dame. So uh, I like that. So keep it going. Uh, OSU, OSU played their first ranked team last Saturday in Wisconsin. And that game was in terrible weather, of course, in, in Columbus. And they were only up, again, 17-7 midway through the third quarter. I know the, the final score doesn't really reflect it, but it was not a beginning-to-end dominating game by Ohio State. Now they turned it on. Uh, they can turn it on when they want to. I'm not again. I'm not trying to downplay Ohio State here, uh, but let's pump the brakes a little bit, folks, before we think about just handing them the national championship. Uh, it was not a, a great game against a Wisconsin squad, uh, as we'll get into in a little bit. A Wisconsin squad that uh, that it was struggling after that brutal loss at uh, at Illinois last weekend. Ohio State still has Penn State at home. Of course, they get Penn State at home the weekend before. Uh, the weekend before they had to Ann Arbor, and that will most likely be for the Big Ten East title. 
and a trip to the Big Ten Championship. They, they have to head to Ann Arbor. It'll be in the cold. Does Penn State expose anything uh, about like Indiana does to us? At the very least, if it is a close game, we'll get a good look at how OSU actually uh, actually handles or OSU and uh, their quarterback uh, fields handle the pressure because it could be the first time all season that they they really – uh, they the first time all season that they really have to deal with some adversity. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see again. We don't, we won't know until they play the game, but they have not really had to deal with any adversity this season. They really haven't had to deal with a real close game. I mean, that third quarter, it just, it just speaks how good they actually are. But that uh, up until the, the midway through that third quarter, uh, you know, they, they look like they were, they were struggling a little bit and the, the elements did have something to do with it. And we'll, we'll just have to see, right. Uh, I think we'll be right there if the uh, if the progressions I saw from from both from both teams this past weekend continue in the directions they are again no calling for the win yet because I think Ohio State is a better team at this point and I think they've been a better team all season uh, it, but this certainly gives me a little bit of hope at least because earlier on let's face it had nothing and uh, hopefully we can just we can just watch another solid football game and maybe come out on top this time. Thank goodness that we actually, uh, they actually showed me a little something these past, uh, like I mentioned, these past six quarters, because uh, I'll tell you what, I couldn't take uh, another brutal beating by Ohio State again this year, uh, especially after last year. That's just going to take the wind out of one Harbaugh sales, one out of the sales of Ann Arbor, at least make it another good game, especially for the fans. It will be in Ann Arbor. That stadium will be rocking, of course. Let's get to a couple quick comments, guys. Again, thanks for tuning in. Uh, JJ, good to see you, buddy. Um, what do you got to say real quick? Uh, still thinking we get owned by Ohio State, need to strike first. We fall behind like we did against Penn State, and and um, and it's a wrap. Uh, that's that's very true, kind of like I mentioned. Uh, we've been playing from behind for most of the games this year, especially, you know, that Penn State was was terrible. Wisconsin, we got down late. This is, uh, this is a very good point. Uh, we need to strike first. We need to strike first and hold on to the ball, right? Uh, uh, Kevin Olson, good to see you, too. Uh, good to see you buddy. Uh, thanks for tuning in again, guys. Totally agree with uh, JJ. David Lang, how you doing, man? Offense is looking better. Needs to contain Dobbins and Fields. And JJ, worry about Dobbins. Uh, yeah, let's hope uh, it's not another Ezekiel Elliott game, right? Uh, with a, what, a 300-yard game, I think you're you're kind of close with the, the 400-yard worry right there. All good points. And uh, it, it, it just it just pains me to say, but let's let's continue this Buckeye talk but in a better form I want to get to this week's rival annoyance okay so this past week I saw multiple posts on Twitter from many of you classy Buckeye fans I'm sure none of you are actually watching right now but uh, many of you classy Buckeye fans that live here in Michigan which is just disgusting to me. I mean, go live in your own, your, your crappy state. And even the best part of Ohio, which is Cedar Point, right, is trying to get away from the mainland of Ohio as it stretches out into Lake Erie. It's probably trying to get further and further away. Uh, but, but anyway, uh, I digress. Uh, tweets that, that were really delegitimizing the, the win against Notre Dame and basically gave the, the Buckeyes the national championship after the win against Wisconsin. Uh, first, how is it that ND is by only Buckeye fans were, were suddenly overrated? They, they suddenly were overrated once Michigan, but they lost barely to Georgia on the road. I think they only lost by seven, had a chance to tie it. 
when a, a huge win over Virginia uh, after a playoff appearance last season and came in ranked number eight with one loss. Um, I'm a little confused on how they were overrated. I know you Buckeye fans probably think since Notre Dame did get in last year that, of course, they're overrated. You got to talk smack about them, right? Uh, understandable, understandable. But then Buckeyes calling that win at home against a struggling Wisconsin team that is not even close to the Wisconsin team that Michigan saw in Madison, by the way, who had just lost one of uh, to one of the worst teams in the Big Ten, Illinois, and and that's their signature win of the season. Listen, I thought Wisconsin was legit, but are are clearly not the same team now as they were when they played Michigan. And you got to you got them on you got them at the shoe in crappy weather. Oh. Oh, and it was still only 17-7 to midway through the third quarter, right? So it was not a dominating, complete game for the Buckeyes. So let's let's hold up a little bit. And, and careful, Buckeye fans, this was the only ranked team you have played all season. The only ranked team you have played all, all season. Pump the brakes a little. I'm not saying the Buckeyes are not the, the clear favorite to win the Big Ten still, but what annoys me is Sunday morning waking up and, and all you Buckeye fans just downplaying the Michigan domination of Notre Dame and acting like they're not even a, a little concerned at the, the play of Michigan in the last six quarters. Uh, all of this after they faced their first ranked team of the season in game eight. Their schedule has been weak so far. So maybe we have given them, maybe we've given Ohio State a little too much credit. What do you think about that, folks? I mean, don't get me wrong, I, they're, they're good, but a little too much credit. We'll find out soon, right? Of course they get Penn State in Columbus, lucky, but... That November 30th game in Ann Arbor is looking more and more uh, like a game and could be a great one if Michigan continues to play like they have and continue to improve. OSU, Buckeyes getting a little nervous? Hmm. I'm sorry. I just, it really, it's, it's just really disturbing when, uh, you know, of course they're rivals. Of course they have to. Fine. That's, that's great. But, but to, uh, to pump your guys' self up on a pedestal after, after, uh, uh, playing your first ranked team all season and beating them and not really playing that great. I'm, I'm just saying. And then Michigan just comes in and dominates a, a top 10 team. It's just disgusting. I can't stand it. And that is, that's this week's rival annoyance. <laughs> All right, so let's shift gears to the upcoming weekend. Uh, it's Michigan heads out to face Maryland at noon on ABC. Uh, it should be, I mean, Michigan is currently 21-point favorite with an 88.9% chance to win. The Maryland comes in 3-5 and five after starting out really quick this season. Don't forget they had those two 70-plus uh, point games in a row, uh, but then they came back down to earth, and this really shouldn't be a game, especially if Michigan continues to play as well as they have been. Offensively, the teams are kind of comparable in terms of t statistics, but let's not forget uh, that they're a little skewed because of those two games earlier in the season for Maryland. And the Maryland defense is just dismal, allowing almost 30 points a game, basically 29 points a game, and well over 400 yards per game. So look for uh, Michigan's offense to keep it going. This is a very good tune-up game before the bye week, and then Michigan State uh, the weekend after that. Keys for the game, let's, let's make it a habit to win the turnover battle, boys. Let's make it a habit for zero turnovers. That's the big one, right? That's what we want, zero turnovers. They've only won it twice this year, the turnover batter, and one was last weekend. They win it again, and that will make two in a row, folks. They win it again. That's what we call a turnover battle winning streak. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that'll be that'll be huge going into the game against Sparty. They need that confidence to be able to take care of the ball, and this is a great game. This is a great game for the coaching staff to really, to really emphasize that. 
Second, and I mentioned it for the Rutgers and the Illinois games, but stay healthy. Just stay healthy. Put them away early. Luckily, they do have a bye week after this, but but Sparty comes uh, before Sparty comes to town. So hopefully the game, again, put them away early. Let's get the game in hand so we can get some of the starters out there and then get some of the second, third string guys some work. And maybe, hey, we'll get to see a little more Dylan McCaffrey, right? So so a lot of you folks should should really enjoy that. Uh, the M-Factor prediction is Michigan 42 and Maryland 7. And really just continuing the solid play. I really expect to see that, that we have uh, we have watched the last couple weekends and keeping that confidence high so we can head into uh, the MSU game and, and just destroy them and kick Sparty while they, they're down. Sparty, uh, I hate to say it, I, I don't know if a couple of the Sparty fans are still watching, but uh, D'Antonio, this might be D'Antonio's last, uh, last hurrah. Uh, he is just, I mean, two, two terrible seasons in a row. They've just, all the air is, is out of, of, uh, East Lansing right now. And, and, uh, yeah, they're all, like I mentioned last week, they're already looking, they're already looking forward to, to basketball season. And, uh, to be honest with you, so am I for, for the maize and blue, uh, pretty excited. They're coming in unranked, but that's how we like it. Right. We like playing that underdog. I think it's much, much, uh, much more advantageous for us to be to be the underdog, especially in basketball. So uh, <coughs> uh, that will do it for our uh, our first live episode of the M Factor. If you did miss it, uh, it will still be on Google Play, uh, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. So make sure to head on over there and subscribe. Again, I really appreciate all you guys tuning in. It's uh, really fun. Uh, we're going to have some more bells and whistles next week. Uh, I just kind of threw together uh, the broadcast and the production of this tonight. Uh, so uh, bear with me and uh, any suggestions, I would gladly take them. I'm also starting the M Factor fan page. Uh, that will be right on my profile, but I will send an invite out to all you guys uh, within the next couple weeks, all of you uh, Michigan fans. So hopefully uh, subscribe to that, follow that, and then uh, we can all post on that and it won't be on my personal profile page, right? But I really appreciate all you guys tuning in. Thanks for watching. Uh, for you podcast listeners, thanks for listening. Uh, enjoy the game. Again, that is noon on ABC this Saturday at Maryland. Uh, should be another solid victory for the Wolverines. Uh, I am Adam Amble. This is the M Factor. Go Blue. Thank you.